This is Connor. And this is Paul. And welcome to Silver Screamers, your genre-whipping, decade-parasoling film podcast. You know, mistletoe can be <laughs> deadly if you eat it. But a podcast is even deadlier if you listen, listen to, to it. it. Woo! Take two, that was. Yes, we've had some technical issues today, tonight. Yeah, we recorded about two and a half minutes and then I was like, this doesn't look right. And then we had to stop it and restart it. But luckily it wasn't two and a half hours. No, no, that would have been... Which has happened before. More than... That would have been infuriating rather than mildly irritating. (laughs) And my little quote there, it wasn't very sultry like Catwoman's. It was more... No, it was uh, yeah. It was more Adam West than yeah, more Michael more Keaton. happy sort of. I'm so smart for coming up with this. Kind oh, of. It was so clever, <laughs> so clever. But there was this film had plenty of options. Sometimes I struggle to find a quote that you can insert podcast to, but I could have just kind of been all breathy for a second and then just kind of gone podcast. Oh, know? like meow, meow. Oh. Or I could have been life's a podcast, and so am I. Or I could have gone, you don't really think you're a podcast, do you? Um, <laughs> Lots of options. Yeah. Or I could have just done a kind of a Christopher Walken, hey, hey podcast. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. My favourite Christopher Walken impression and slash quote is Pulp Fiction. Hit it in his ass. That's not That's not an impression. That's, that's a performance. I know, but I like saying it. Oh, that's, you just like saying. <laughs> I just like the line. I hit it in my ass. In Christopher Walken's voice. I hit it in my ass. Christopher yeah. Walken. What an actor. Well, I mean, what an actor. What a yeah, unusual kind of he has looking his, and sounding person. He has his uh his shtick and he you know, it, uh, he, like there's a whole there's whole video footage on YouTube of people just asking him to say random things because yeah. it's his it's his voice. He's like Jeff Goldblum. I mean, nothing like Jeff Goldblum, but he has a very um, particular brand, particular brand and style, and it's recognizable, and people like it. And if you want that in your film, call Let's Christopher Walken. There's a little cafe in town that's Christopher Walken's welcome. Oh, I'm, I think I'm ruining that. It's funnier on the sign. <laughs> no, it says Walken's welcome, and there's a picture of him. That's it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to all the other cafes that are like, you're not you welcome. You are not the branding genius Christopher Hawkins. <laughs> well, there's our cuckoo clock. Let's try and get this podcast finished before the next cuckoo, eh? Oh, okay. I did have a bone to pick with you, though. In the last podcast... Mm. I was talking, being very insightful, as I always am in these things. And you yawned! I was like, blah, blah, blah. Here's my excellent point about this film. And you were like, yeah. Look... <laughs> This, when we started up this podcast, we said, you know what, these chats that we have, we should record them. And I wanted to get an accurate depiction of our conversations oh. in our podcast. So. Oh. Well, you had two and a half minutes to think of that reply when I had to restart. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. This film, Batman Returns, is, for anyone who's been listening from the very beginning, this is in my... You know, in the, in the first episode, when we'd say our 10 films that we would take, you know, our 10 DVDs we would take to a desert island that had a DVD player on it, this is one of mine. I really have to listen to that back because I can't even remember what mine are. I, I can pretty much remember what yours are, I think. You had some you weird a, ones. You have a great memory for these things. I, I don't. Do. I do. I kind of come up with the list at, the, on the, at 
a moment in time and then forget about it and probably my next list would be totally different anyway. yeah well mine would yeah my mine would definitely be the exact same well yours would probably be 10 totally different films it'd be your 10 favorite films that you had today or whatever <laughs> no but yeah but batman returns is it like you picked this film not me but this is a a very formative film for my appreciation of both films and superheroes you told me before five minutes ago that you had this on recording you just watched it over and over and over and over again yeah this would have been a vhs that my one of my parents i don't think my mum would have been into this to be honest but my father either recorded it for me or just recorded it for himself and we just put a sticker on it saying you know we had about 10 vhs's that we were allowed veto you know and this was one of mine do not re on the sticker <laughs> was a big and bold marker do not over record do you remember you had on those old vhs's uh, there was like a little tag and if you broke the tag then you couldn't record over them or something yeah like we that? weren't i don't think i was allowed to do that <laughs> that was one of the yeah but yeah after we had this on vhs but so it was all the batman returns and just the very end when catwoman lifts her head up it would cut and there would be the first 20 minutes of the original batman Oh. So I know the first 20 minutes of the original Batman inside out and the rest of that film is just a jumbled mess. It does not it's a I find the original Batman the 1989 yes. I just I find that film a really hard film to recall. It's why we just watched it like I don't know. Ago. I've seen it a few times I, and I remember scenes from it but I, I I find it a little dull. I think it's a bit long. Yeah, I think it's a bit long and the Joker isn't as active as you might expect or want him to be. So I, do, I think it drags a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we watched it on a, a weekday night late and I was falling asleep. But that isn't necessarily that's not like the film's the, fault. That's not the most unusual thing in the world. No, it's not. It's not. Though it didn't happen last night when we watched Pieces of a Woman. <laughs> Yeah. So it was. Uh, oh, also, well, we have our screamies coming up soon. I know. I, w- I was thinking we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. We'll, we'll give a little plug in. I think we might do that in the next two episodes, maybe. But we'll talk about that at the end. So just stick to the end to hear that. Yeah. This. Uh, so when Batman eight, 1989 came out, when you think about it in the context of superhero films, all we had really seen. From a historical... Actually, before I go down this rabbit hole, do you want to tell people what we're listening to? (laughs) You're listening to Silver Screamers. Silver Screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme or a genre and dissect four films uh, from four different decades in that theme or genre. And this week we're doing Batman Returns from 1992 in our superhero series. Superhero season. And similar to Wonder Woman, Batman got a couple of pretty decent... uh, Pretty decent theme tunes. Yes, he's had a he's had a number of te- the the one from these movies is the I would say the sort of definitive Batman because it also ran into the com or the um, cartoons and the Dark Knight mm-hmm. cartoons and is in Batman v Superman. It? A very, very kind of altered version is after Batman and Superman start stop fighting, uh, and he gets into some vehicle. 
There's doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, I remember in the cinema being like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And I think more films should lean into that. I think they should have the Superman music. That's a nice way of doing a little nod to the old fans um, yeah. and the old movies yeah. without kind of bring you know having to bring it totally mm. back or whatever. I disagree, though. I don't. I think if you ask the average person, "What's the Batman theme?" they ain't going to do that. Well, no, they'll do na 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 Everybody remembers that because it's so cheesy. Yeah, but I mean, you'd say the same about one of them. Mag our dog is looking at us. We're uh, podcasting. Madge. What do you want? What do you want, Magic? She wants her. Okay, she I'm just gonna. We're gonna take a little break, and we'll be back. Same bat time. Same, same bat, bat place. Holy magicy eating dinner smokes, Batman. So. Can we talk a little bit about the climate of superheroes when this film was made before we talk about Batman Returns? You may. Go ahead. So, because I, I think it's kind of interesting, because before this film, the, sorry, not this film, but the the Batman, 1989's Batman. Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Before that film came out, the general public's view of Batman really was the, the, Adam, the Adam West super cheesy Batman film and I wonder was it a bit of a hard sell for the studio because this is these films are kind of I'm not, not like crazy mature but they they take themselves seriously you know yeah definitely I think they are quite mature actually I mean if you particularly it, with Returns really Batman mature. Returns there is so much in your endo that it's <laughs> incredible yeah and violence is, yeah, yeah, violence it, and nastiness it's and a very gross um, it's very dark and I think the initial Batman, 1989, I think it takes influence from a few things. First of all, comics had just come out of the Bronze Age. So in the kind of the 70s and the 80s, you know, they had transitioned from like your kind of really, really childish kind of superhero monster of the week into pretty mature stuff. Like um, like X-Men had in the 70s had Chris Claremont was running for like a long time by this by 1989 and he had done like the Dark Phoenix saga and Days of Future Past which was big big epic saga stories and then uh, you had had Alan Moore who had done Watchmen which was this really really dark that would have been slightly different though wasn't it because it was kind of one graphic novel well no, I think I think initially it was released as a series of comics oh, and then it was I, that I'm not entirely sure it's certainly broken up into chapters the book but regardless it was still the medium of comics and then Alan Moore then took on Batman. Alan Moore did the, the Killing Joke, which is a Batman. Have you heard of the Killing Joke? Is that? I think I think I might know that from the cartoon. Did they, they do that storyline? Yeah, where they he did. kills uh, Robin or something? Or I don't know that. That the, the I think the big thing to come out of that is that he shoots Batgirl in the back and confines her to a wheelchair. Okay, maybe it's a different story. The one I'm thinking about is he kind of corrupts Robin, but in the end, Robin ends up killing the Joker or something. Yeah, that actually, oh, I don't think that's a killing joke. I could be wrong. I think that was Death in the Family. I think that was called Death in the Family. I could be. I did read it, but I that is where then he then Dick. That's uh, the second Dick Grayson. No, not Dick Grayson. The second Batman. Tim, not Tim Drake. The other one, Jason Todd. <laughs> he end, he ends up being Red Hood. No, no, Nightwing. 
No, Nightwing is Dick Grayson. The So the first Robin is Dick Grayson. He right. becomes Nightwing. The second Robin is Jason Todd. He becomes Red Hood. And the third Robin is Tim Drake. I thought Red Hood was Joker. Red Hood was, yeah, Red Hood actually is in The Killing Joke. The Red Hood was the original villain name of the Joker before he became, the became all twisted and became the Joker. And I think that's why... This character oh, took the name of it, so maybe that maybe you're right actually. But the the big the big my mem- my main memory of the Killing Joke is him shooting Barbara Gordon, and she wasn't even Batgirl; she was Commissioner Gordon's daughter, who he shot just because it was the Commissioner's daughter, and then it ended, and then she became Oracle. Then, so that was a big thing, and then uh, so that was Alan Moore who wrote Watchmen, and then Frank Miller he had had success with Daredevil, and he would kind of made Daredevil this kind of gritty street killer not killer this gritty street style superhero and then he was street given fighter yeah and then he ended up writing a graphic novel called The Dark Knight Rises oh yeah which is which is Batman in his like 50s coming out of retirement to and that was a super that kind of that's but that's not like the, the name is taken for Christopher Nolan's Batman series but not the story the story is different but like in terms of tone and stuff hugely influential but I think you could say that look like like these had all come out. So you had adults reading the material mm. now for a long time comics were seen as kids but those kids had, had grown up and continued reading these stories so by the time 1989 came on there was probably a, there was an appetite for okay let's make a superhero film and Superman had come out but Superman was like I think adult liked it but I think there's still a family film oh definitely Superman Christopher Reeves yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah very much yeah. so so when Batman comes out I think and I do think the film the initial Batman did have um, a lot of influence from Dick Tracy the the film with uh, Warren Beatty and Madonna that's kind of noiry and stuff but I think so anyway so then Tim Burton got um got the the directorship and then i i, I believe uh, that when michael keaton was cast there was uproar like we all think like oh the, people were so angry when ben affleck got cast but that's not a new thing like people were disgusted that michael keaton was hired as batman i don't know was michael keaton even that recognizable known at the time was well, he, he in much he had just come off like beetlejuice so uh, like if you think of it that's like, another tim burton isn't it mm, that was only a year before right and he's great in Beetlejuice, but when you see Beetlejuice, you're not like, <laughs> there's my Batman. But what 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 do you think of Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne? Honestly, I think he's a bit bland. And I don't know if, I don't actually think the Tim Burton portrayal of Bruce Wayne does Bruce Wayne any favours, to be honest. I think, I think actually Bruce Wayne is quite an interesting character. I don't know if that came across in Tim Burton's version. And he's kind of a misogynist. He treats, uh, what's the one's name in the first Batman? Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. He treats her horribly <laughs> and shouts at her and says, shut up. You're a nice girl, but shut up. Uh, I'm trying to tell you something. Yeah, don't know. It doesn't, like, Michael Keaton doesn't. Uh, I think actually he's he's gotten a lot better in, with age uh, in the acting. I think he was great in Birdman and I thought he was great in Spider-Man. He was such a good villain in Spider-Man. Really good that villain. That scene in the car yeah. is chilling. But as Batman, yeah, didn't really inspire me. I have heard, though, now they are looking in the Flash movie, I think, upcoming in 2022, leading on from Justice League to do a multiverse thing where they're having Michael Keaton. Yeah, I heard that as well. Which would be funny because they're also want they want him to come back as a vulture. So he's gonna he's had his, he has his fingers in two different pies okay. there. 
But I think he's a big enough name that you know Marvel are going to be like, okay, it's not like it's not like he, he, also it's not Marvel. It's it's, it's kind Sony. of Sony actually, yeah. yeah. And I think they're not going to. They want they'll any film he's in, they'll want him to be in. So it's not like he's the main character where he probably has a contract. They're like you know. So. I'd say in the Flash, it'll probably hit, you know it'll be him flashing into some other multiverse and seeing Michael Keaton and then flashing away or something like a cameo. You know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I wouldn't say it's a big going to be a big role. I don't mind his interpretation of Bruce. If you think, if you step back, Bruce Wayne is a bit of a weirdo, and I think Michael Keaton kind of plays him off like a weirdo. He he lives in this massive house on his own. His only friend is someone he pays to do everything Alfred and I got that (laughs) (laughs) who who are you talking about most interpretations of Bruce Wayne he's like super suave and I don't know if that character the suave Bruce Wayne would would like he he dresses up as a bat and like it kind of has a slight fetish for beating up poor people (laughs) well I guess yeah, I know what you mean. Like, is he is he meant to be this big, impressive CEO, billionaire businessman? I don't like in in <clears throat> in Batman Returns. He is in talks to do this energy deal with Max Schreck. Yeah, and he's yeah, done he's done his research and he's found out that it looks a bit dodge. And he says he's going to fight you on it. And he throws a report at him and all this kind of stuff. So he's living the life of a successful businessman as well. I don't know if this kind of weirdo vibe comes across. Oh, honest. I do. Like. Like when the Joker comes into Vicky Vale's apartment and he like, he like does this. Let's get nuts. Yeah, he does this weird little, uh, it's almost like he's psyching the Joker out. I feel that was, I actually think that was quite a good scene because he was in a position where he is Batman. He could probably have beaten up the Joker there and gotten rid of him and whatever, but he couldn't let the Joker know that he was Batman. Also, they all had guns. And they all had guns. Yeah. And Vicky Vale, at this point, he was trying to tell her that he was Batman, but she still didn't know he was Batman. So he was trying to be... Okay, well, how would I act in this situation? <laughs> like, I can't see Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne or Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne getting away with that. And I think just because he has this slight touch of the... I'm not sure about that guy. It kind of worked because of that. Maybe. I, I, I kind of feel, though, perhaps it was more of... I feel uh, Christian Bale and probably Ben Affleck and others have gone deeper into <clears throat> exploring the psyche of Batman than probably Michael Keaton did. In fairness, I think the script allowed that. Maybe. I mean, the reason we're talking about Michael Keaton... Christian Bale is is renowned for being a very method kind of actor yeah you know? he hasn't got the charisma of michael keaton though i don't think no no um possibly not but i thought he i thought christian Bale did a good job I, like um, everybody was saying i, I hated his yeah, and all this kind of stuff um all the other batmans have managed to change their voice in batman without being comical like even ben affleck doesn't sound like ben affleck in bat and that's because he has a he has a, a thing like a, a voice not changer. always. You know he has a voice changer thing. Not like okay maybe okay well fine Michael Keaton then he doesn't have a voice changer. No he, he just, just talks, talks a bit deeper. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> the reason we're talking about Michael Keaton in the context of 
Batman as opposed to Batman Returns, which is this podcast film, is because he's not really in Batman Returns. No, he's, he's, uh, he's we looked at a half an hour without him, basically. 34 minutes before we actually have proper dialogue. We see him. We see him. He says nothing. And then that's it. <clears throat> Even the first kind of action scene with him where he's beaten up all the clown people that is really from the point of view of Selena Kyle because yeah when he kind of saves her and walks away we don't go with him we stay with her and then we go back to her apartment we don't kind of have him go back to Alfred and be like oh I need to track down those clown guys no no the film doesn't care about that <laughs> it's like no that's I think that's clever because it is we know who Batman is from the first movie. We know he's not very interesting, to be honest. And the villains in this are way more like, interesting. Like, like a mil- I know. I, I agree because I think this film is so good, and I all I want to do is spend more time with Selina and more time with Penguin. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need more of Bruce. However, I am conscious that it's called Batman. It's not called. Catwoman or Penguin and I just think it's an interesting observation that I don't necessarily think that's a fault in the film but I do think it's curious and I can understand Michael Keaton I don't think was particularly happy about that which is why he didn't come back for Batman Forever because I think he felt well I read that he didn't actually want to come back for this one except he because he saw the script and was like (laughs) Flip, <laughs> flip. Hey. Well, no, actually, well, he, the, apparently the only reason he took it was because he was paid a buttload more money. He was paid like eleven million dollars, which was huge wow. back in the day. Wow! And uh, Tim Burton said he was worth it, and I, uh, he was totally worth it. Like he's not even in half the first half an hour, and he was like score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's four. I would say this film has four characters that are worth talking about. Before we do oh, that, yeah, okay. though. We should probably do your summary. All right, okay. Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. I wonder will I even mention Batman? (laughs) Okay, you want to get your timer. Are you ready? Ready. Are you steady? I am steady. No, I haven't even thought about this. I'm going to start. Sorry, I need to recalibrate my brain. Uh, How does this film start? Wait. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay, yep, ready. And... Go! Okay, it's Christmas, like 33 years ago, and uh, this couple have a baby, and the baby's deformed and kills a cat, and they're very wealthy, and they're like, well, what, what's the option? We just have to kill the baby. <laughs> we won't kill it violently. What we'll do is we'll put it in this very peculiar wicker uh, Moses basket thing that floats. We'll throw him into the sewers. They do that. The baby survives, and I guess is brought up by penguins who teach him how to speak English, but I think he might go to a freak show and then be the leader of them. But anyway, that's kind of off screen. Some kind of circus or something. Some sort of circus. So uh, that's fine. Also, we meet this uh, secretary assistant. Yes, um, executive assistant. Executive assistant who is working for this guy called Max Shrek. And she, uh, I have a question, uh, uh, a suggestion, well, more of a question. Uh, and then she's all timid and mousy and they don't pay attention to her. It's all misogyny. And uh, and, um, and then there's a there's a big attack at a Christmas tree on her way home. Oh, and she didn't give him a speech. She doesn't give her boss the speech and she's annoyed about that. And then she gets attacked by goons and she's saved by Batman because he's in this film too. And then she goes back to her apartment and she realizes she has to go back to the office. No. because. What? No, keep going. I'm like, oh, oh yes, yeah, sorry. I thought you were saying my thing. Oh, okay. So uh, she goes back to the office and then she, Max is like, hey, you went into my secret files? And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Ooh. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to push you out a window. So he, he pushes her out a window, Fuck but it's off. okay. Don't worry because <gasps> magical cats like 
kiss her and bite her hands and that brings her back to life and she she then decides she goes crazy in her apartment she wrecks it and she makes a very sexy leather cat suit out of a leather jacket suspicious how she got that much material but whatever she'd be great on rupaul's drag race i can tell you that much and she uh oh oh yeah then the the penguin kidnaps max and and blackmails him and says i want you to make me a celebrity so i'm influential so max does that that's grand he then becomes he's going for mayor and catwoman's beating people around the town batman is like very suspicious of this new person that's going to be mayor and uh, Batman? Is he in oh, this? he's a guy co- who like protects the city from oh, right. cat people and, and penguin people. Oh, uh, he pushes Catwoman off a building. She gets a bit ratty about that. Ah! Uh. Uh, she then goes to Penguin and she's like, "Let's team up and kill Batman." Oh no, don't let's not team up. Let's frame him. So they make it look like he pushed this ice princess off a bridge, but he didn't. That was Penguin. Then every, the police are all like, "Oh, Batman's bad." But then he tells everyone. He gets everyone to say the Penguin's actually bad. Penguin then decides to <laughs> have a. There's a ball in town, and no. they, they decide to tell everybody that they're going to kill all the little children in Gotham but that doesn't really happen and then there's penguins that are going to blow up the city but that doesn't happen and then Max is kidnapped Time. by him but then Catwoman then kisses him to death with electricity and then she and then he shoots her like 20 times but she's got nine lives so she's okay and then Batman goes oh, oh and the penguin drowns I think or maybe toxic acid kills him and then Batman goes home and has a nice Christmas holy joke that was a there is a lot going on in this movie. There is a lot going on in this movie, and some of it involves Batman. And some of it was in your synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got most of it in there. Uh, you got... Maybe, you know, I skimmed parts. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little confused, but that's okay. I mean, let's face it, you ain't listening to this podcast to get a, to get a roundabout view of things. This is just to catch you up. Yeah, so, 2 minute 40 is... Is always a nice little way to bring you up to speed where we're at in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 see let's see um, who are we. I feel we've all, I feel we've said everything about Batman. We need to. Who? So Max, Selena, or Coswald? No, Oswald, Coswald. Oswald. A bird. A, a penguin is a bird, sir. A bird that cannot fly. I, I am, am a, man. a man. My name. And I have a name. Oswald Cobblepot. Okay, let's talk about Danny DeVito's portrayal of Penguin, because it is flippin' flipping Fantastic. Marvellous. He's really gross. He, he is, is the grossest thing that's ever come out of the sewer. He is so confident and comfortable being revolting. Revolting. Disgusting. I, I think that Danny DeVito in this is verging on Shakespearean. Okay. His monologues are just stunning. Like the what he says to he's talking to penguins. He's marching up and down, <laughs> monologuing about it doesn't. The, the sexes are equal. We should. Care. I, I can't do it an impression. There's not even any point in me doing it. Uh, when he says his monologue, like that is uh, villain, villain monologuing is almost cliche, but he does it so deftly so in this film. Well. When he has Max and he's like. Um, a little bit of patience and a lot of duct tape and then he's he's got the the the, the toxic waste and then when he's like when he sees Catwoman he's like, Oh just a pussy I was looking for <laughs> And He is filthy he is in looks and in his language as well. I, I was talking to Kieran, friend of the podcast, who always likes a mention. 
and he said he watched this a couple of years ago and he said it was a weird film to watch when you're an adult because a lot of the sexual innuendo stuff kind of goes over your head maybe when you're a kid but there is a lot of it there's a lot of, and and I'd like to fill her void <laughs> uh, oh you are the hottest you are the Mr. Cobblepot you are the coolest rattle role model a young person could hope for you're the, you're the hottest, hottest person a role model <laughs> isn't there something know. about f- sticking his flippers into somebody's oh my, I could teach her the flipper trick my little flipper trick <laughs> 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 one thing about this film is if you're a diehard Batman fan you you just have to leave that at the door because Tim Burton makes Catwoman and Penguin vaguely supernatural like they never outright say it you can argue that he just was born with that condition where your fingers are all formed but like he eats raw fish <laughs> I get the impression that you know the way the Christopher Nolan films were very much uh, I want to make it real and as if this yes. could happen and gritty and I feel the script for the original Batman was similar to that so the first the first Batman wasn't hugely yes. mad you know some yeah, guy yeah, falls into fair, a pit fair. of whatever acid and then gets deformed and then is gone a bit mad though also doesn't stay loyal to the material but that's neither here nor there this was tim burton saying i am tim burton and i am going to fucking turn this all on its head and his name is the penguin so he's not just a mob boss he came from the sewers grew up with penguins yeah, like and literally was brought up by, penguin. by like, penguins totally new like in the yeah. comics he's just a little a little dude who wears tuxedos with a big nose so people are he's like oh, he, look, of, he, he looks like a penguin and he, he laughs like yeah. isn't he meant to be kind of like Calzo what's his name the Capone like he's just Al a Capone. guy he, oh he's just a normal guy yeah and he's not he's one of the few Batman villains and this will come in maybe later on we talk about it in the macro sense but he's one of the few Batman villains that isn't insane like a lot of Batman fil- vill- like all the Batman villains go. they don't go to jail they go to Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Asylum yeah, yeah. so the, the running theme of Batman villains which <laughs> could be you know that there's a conversation Look that could mirror. be had there yeah. but Penguin is, is not insane he is a very together dude who is just nefarious he's basically a mob boss that's he all just, he, he is. just wants to not he's, all. he's just there for money really yeah I mean I don't mean to say that's all he is like because he's a great character but he isn't he isn't as ostentatious as some of the other villains but that's, but your, Tim, that, that's your word of the day isn't it did that's, I say that earlier on yeah you, yeah, maybe it came up earlier on but in this film he's like okay let's he's gonna have flippers he's gonna eat raw fish he seems to have a telepathic communication with like hang on no i don't think he has a telepathic communication with the they penguins. walk him into his watery grave well i don't think he was dead communicating with him telepathically <laughs> the penguins seem to have raised him probably <laughs> which is so ridiculous <laughs> Uh, these penguins uh, these penguins who are in an abandoned some sort of zoo or something like an, like an uh, an arctic themed zoo zoo abandoned abandoned which, that, that connects to the sewers which so has, the sewer water actually yes, runs into the into these enormous sewers these enormous sewer tanks which has been abandoned for 30 years at, at least 33 years and I think I guess these penguins are were just left like they didn't they just they just yeah, left them and they became a little society and there's a lot of them <laughs> and there's went like, off and got sewer fish to feed to this baby I guess yeah it's wild it's mad this film is bonkers. and while he he learned to 
read and write and speak English. Yes. So, but he doesn't have a. He, he, I think there's something like he has these hats on them, which he can then kind there of. There is a kind of a mumbo jumbo science where they, where they have hats that like give them signals. But they don't, and you know, it's not important. So they don't even feel the need to kind of. They just have them, and they're like, "Oh, there's a signal bringing them this way." But regardless of that, they raised him. They walk him into the grave. There's something he's monologuing his heart out mm. to them. So there's something supernatural happening there with the penguins. Yeah, and it's so like, oh, he looks like a penguin, and that's who raised him. It wasn't rats. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. penguins, but whatever. So his whole thing is that he wants to ascend to take some sort of a place in society. So he wants Max Schreck to help him come into the real world, you know, and become a celebrity, as you said. But celebrity isn't actually... Celebrity is the wrong word. Yes, he's not looking for fame and glory and all that necessarily. He's looking for help to get up above the surface to then go, and you don't find this out for a while, to then go and find out the names of the firstborns of Gotham so he can take them and so kill them. What, can, what, yeah, he wants what to happen and, to them. And when, to when Max Shrek is then looking to replace the mayor because the mayor isn't playing ball with his energy plans, he suggests the penguin who's kind of become this darling of the city, uh, which <laughs> somehow, somehow, which diverts him from his original mission. So he was, okay, so the firstborn thing, that was always his plan to kill them all. That's why he was in the library, do you remember, taking down all these names. Right. He was he was saying that he was looking for his own roots, you know, to find out his parents' name and that and that was a sort of affront to them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, no right. Yeah. No be mayor. Yeah, he keeps making no. these noises. No. no. He, stop it. It's disgust like his whole facade and but I think it's it's superb. Mm. This performance is I think on a par with Heath Ledger's Joker. I don't actually think yeah. it gets enough recognition with how... I think it's far superior to Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like, significantly yeah. so. I Apparently, Jack Nicholson suggested that um, Danny DeVito take the role. He said to Danny DeVito, because apparently he fucking made a buttload of money out of the Joker. Um, Five million, which was unheard of at the time. Yeah, but... It is, it is one of these standout performances. I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar, but I think he should have been. Ludicrous that he was. This is, uh, it would take years for this type of film to really get recognised. Yeah. But like his commitment, and like, <laughs> there is like ridiculous parts, though this is all the script, not Danny DeVito. <laughs> like Max Shrek, who I can't wait to talk about as well, another just wonderful villain, who, like, he wants Penguin to be mayor and he wants him to come downstairs, so he lures him with this raw fish, yeah, and he like, just tackles this fish. yeah, and devouring this raw fish in front of like his, his campaign yeah, team, yeah. so like nobody's in his like onesie, oh, dirty pajamas, <laughs> like with skin marks on them and stuff. Yeah, it's just oh, gross. God, and the one scene that I could not watch as a child, and I and I would get so anxious when this was as soon as this the scene started. Was when that guy would, and every time he'd, he'd be talking so close to him, and I would be willing him, like, well, oh, stand back. <laughs> could be worse. My nose could be, be gushing blood. blood. And the, <laughs> the lady is, like, not getting it, but she's like, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. And then he's like, no. And he just, oh, it's it's dis- it's so gross. Yeah. It's so I recognize awful. that actor, actually, who plays, who gets his nose bitten. I think he's been in other stuff. 
And he, he plays this kind of geeky character. Anyway, I can't remember where he's from. <laughs> just when I saw him there the other night, I was like, oh, yeah. And your woman is like, so uh, uh, polls have said that voters like fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put these on. It's a pity. Also, this- he's up in this loft that he's maybe rented or something. He doesn't realize all these people have come in and put posters up. Penguin for mayor. Until Max Shrek brings him downstairs. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's a he moonlights. Maybe he sleeps in the day when they all set mm-hmm. up. I don't know. I mean, this is one of these films that I'm going to critique a little bit. But my critique for them is so in insignificant compared to my love of this film. I mean, the timeline for this film is off the chart. Oh it? yeah, it's mad. So we've we know I only noticed it when we we're watching it for this film. But Selena gets pushed out a window, and she states then that you have your meeting with Bruce Wayne. In the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Okay. We don't see her for a while. After she kind of does her, she becomes Catwoman and all that shit. And then while that happened, that is after Max has come back from the sewer having his chat with Penguin. Penguin. And then Penguin does his, his stunt with the baby, which is, I mean, the most obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's so obvious. I mean, how, how do the people think he like just rose like Christ <laughs> out of the sewer? Like it was so... In a duck, in a duck, like and yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's neither here nor there. And then he then gets influential. He's on the news that we then see Batman like stalking him when he's doing the the firstborn son and all that. Mm. And then the next day we see the meeting with Bruce Wayne, and that's when Selina Kyle is like last night. So there's a plot hole there, but who cares? It's fine. Who cares? I mean, it's barely noticeable, really. Like until no, unless you're analyzing it for a podcast. Speaking of that, those like the other weird thing is that he is driving around in these massive ducks, (laughs) which I think are meant to be roller coaster rides or something. Perhaps, but when he was a baby, there was a duck attached to his um, crib. They had the exact same uh, style duck, so I think that he probably had that all his life. And I don't know. Mm. Love his parasols. I think they're great. Yes, that, I mean that is a great the, little character. That uh, I think addition. is the the penguin's iconic weapon is the the parasol. Gun. Like yeah. w- like when you think of the character of the penguin, like we have seen so much Joker. We have had so, we we've had so much Joker in the last few years. We haven't had a penguin on on the big screen I know there was a penguin in Gotham uh, there was who was actually really good yeah he was really uh, good but, re- but obviously much different just a, a mob boss yeah, yeah. yeah but we haven't had a penguin on screen since Danny DeVito and that's bonkers because I would think he is probably the second most recognisable Batman villain is that not fair to say I don't know why Christopher Nolan didn't do it I mean, he it went with fit Bane in, for God's sake. the mob boss thing would have fit so well much better so much, much well. a, a much easier fit into his world but for what I don't know whatever reason they, he didn't go for it. so the the first two Tim Burton films fit into a series I suppose of four yeah though the, Batman, the tone Batman goes off the charts when and Joel then, Schumacher uh, takes over Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever and Batman and Robin which I guess were, it was the same producers, and they they had this idea for uh, you know four films and maybe and there more, was going to be a fifth. But then the fifth didn't come, and then the series was restarted, and then by Christopher Nolan, and now it's kind of been restarted again in a different way. So they just haven't kind of gotten around. I mean, it's, it's it. I mean, the DC films are a shambles at the moment. I mean, we have Ben Affleck who who got Batman v Superman had a cameo in Suicide Squad then we had Justice League yeah yeah the, uh, like um, I even say more than a cameo like Harley Quinn's origin was him 
capturing her. Remember, she was under. She crashed the car underwater, and he punched her. And well, I'll have to look at it again. I can't watch it again. I can't remember. And then that I don't know. And then Ben Affleck left, and then we have the new Justice League Snyder cut, and now Ben Affleck is like, "Oh, maybe I will come back. <laughs> maybe that was I'll, pretty good. Maybe I will. And I hope he will. I am also. <laughs> and then. Then we have this weird Joaquin Phoenix standalone Joker film, and then now we have this new Robert Patterson, and we're like, is that tying in with the new Suicide yeah. Squad? Because Suicide Two, Suicide Squad and Two, Ben is Affleck is booked for Flash. He is, and then Ben Affleck is. They're just, they just need they're to just get someone to source the their stuff out because I it is exhausting, and nobody. Uh, Nobody wants to see another Batman origin story. No, nobody, nobody cares. Needs that. Nobody needs that. Fell down a well, <laughs> fucking loads of bats, and then his parents were shot. We've done but it. We, we are going to get another penguin with Colin Farrell. Now, I like Colin Farrell. Mm. And I do think he plays villain very good, but that's a weird... He's very handsome for penguin. Well, Heath Ledger was very handsome for Joker, I guess. But Joker can kind of get away with like a sexy, tussled crazy guy like penguin is, i think penguin should be kind of inherently revolting yeah. i mean maybe not i mean maybe the mob boss thing that he's just a short little well i, well, I don't think Colin Farrell's particularly short but anyway I, do, I hope they don't make him boring i hope you they don't think of, who's sure colin farrell no he's not at all yeah uh, he won't be boring colin farrell's not a boring actor yeah he's definitely going to go the mob boss route oh i would think so yeah i mean they're not going to go the danny devito route can we talk a little bit about danny devito's like weird career though Okay, because he was he was like one of the biggest. Oh, by the way, it's fifteen minutes to next cuckoo. We're not making it. No, we're not. We haven't <laughs> even talked about Catwoman yet. He was one of the biggest actors of the eighties, which is just mad for this little Italian American guy who probably was in his thirty late thirties before he really made it big time. And he's a he's a superb actor, and he's so talented. Like he directs as well, and he writes. Um, he was. Did you know he was roommates with um, Michael Douglas? When they were like, oh. ca- uh, when they were like acting, kind of trying to make it, or yeah. Uh, but the thing is, Michael Douglas's father was Kurt Douglas. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was, he had a lot of influence. And now, oh, I did do this research about a week ago. And, um, Michael Douglas recommended Danny DeVito for something. I think it might have been One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think that's his first film. Oh, okay, he had a small role as one of the kind of crazy people in that, and I think he also was on Broadway. They, they they shared an apartment in um in New York and when they were like kind of up and coming actors and he recommended him for that and then he got that and then I think he got, might have got a sitcom and then bit then he got a role in Romancing the Stone, which is a Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas film. No, Danny DeVito is in that as well. Oh, he is. He's the lo- he's telling the story. Yes, and then, Danny DeVito is in Taxi Driver. Is he? With Robert De- No, he was in... No, there was a sitcom called... Well, maybe it was Taxi. He was in a sitcom around that time. Yeah, yeah. that was Taxi, yeah. I think, yeah. But he he had kind of a supporting role in Romancing the Stone, and audiences just loved him. And No. Romancing the Stone? Yes. Was it not um, the other one? Julian the Nile? No. Um... The War of the Roses. War of the Roses. Okay, well, I'm going to get to that, because oh, that was okay. a bit after. So... He directed War of the Roses. So, oh. he, so he, he had this supporting role in Jewel of the Nile and audiences just loved him. So when they made a sequel to that, they pretty... That, I mean, they so. pretty, yeah, which is Jewel of the Nile. Right. They gave him a much bigger role and he, he's pretty much on a par with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner in that, third, in that second film. Right, right. And he, they, the three of them obviously clicked really well because he then ended up directing 
them in them in uh, the Royal Roses. Roses, and then he did that film with Bette Midler. Um, oh, where he he, he like organizes he Bette Midler is his wife, and he organizes her to get kidnapped. Um, nefarious nefarious people or something, and then suddenly he was in Twins, and then he just he just became this huge actor, and then he directed and was in Matilda. And I just think that's like that's he's like an everyman, like this ordinary dude who's a gr- very extremely talented. But when I say ordinary, like he's not a pinup. And I just think that's amazing that he had this incredible leading man career for. But he can really do everything. I mean, he can be serious. He can be disgusting. He can do. I mean, Penguin is 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 a horror character too. Absolutely. He's he can do comedy. He was fantastic in Friends. <laughs> he was good at the long but over the law. His role of, of Penguin, it even as awful as he is he is sympathetic you he has been totally wronged by the world and you can even though you don't necessarily condone his actions in the film you can understand them and i think that makes his character that's what i i think we could all agree that being chucked into a sewer by your parents as baby could fuck you up absolutely and bruce wayne and him are uh, i think the theme why i love this film so much is this theme of duality throughout the whole thing because obviously you have batman and bruce wayne penguin and oswald catwoman and selena even max his kind of the evil businessman behind the scenes and then to his face to Gotham is like they even call him the Santa Claus of Gotham so mm. there's this whole theme of duality and then there's also the duality of Bruce Wayne and Oswald in another universe would have had the exact same life had Oswald not been born defo- like disfigured yeah, yeah, yeah. he had this he incredibly wealthy, wealthy family just like the the Waynes and they could have been they would have gone to the same school they would have absolutely gone to this they're the same age they're both mm. 33 they would have gone to the same school and that's why I think it's kind of interesting that Bruce Wayne instantly dislikes Oswald from the start he just instantly has this gut feeling that Oswald is nefarious you know everyone else in the city well, as you said, I mean, the whole circumstances where he ascends, you know, from the sewers on this duck, you know, carrying this baby, I think he saw that and he didn't, he found it a bit hard to believe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, apart, also, yeah, yeah, I know. He also has this uh, saliva that's like blue like black. or green or something. <laughs> He's yeah. got gingivitis. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. a superb performance. And, and and I, I actually think should have gotten nominated. I would think this Definitely. is Oscar. I mean, the, the film was nominated for two Oscars. But it was all effects like and makeup. effects and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on, another great performance. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I would say another the Catwoman. career-defining performance. The I only person who's played Catwoman, in my mind, that has sort of nailed it. Yeah. Again... If you are a Batman purist, and and I, I said I I'm a comic book kid, and my 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 two kind of comics are uh, that I'm that I love are Batman and X Men. They're my two kind of pitch, and this is not the Catwoman that you see in the comics at all. I mean, the Catwoman that you see in the comics is just a kleptomaniac who loves stealing, but would essentially a good person, and you know dallies with kind of breaking the law but is not violent and certainly this is not that character but i don't care because this character is incredibly interesting so when you say she's not uh violent in the comics does she have the whip oh she's she, when i say she's not violent i mean she would she would never plan to kill batman okay that would just not happen and she would like a lot of the catwoman stories tends to be her 
rescuing kind of downtrodden people who maybe which we see in this no no you don't i mean like she might there might be someone who is the sex workers in gotham city are being taken advantage of she might take down the pimp right okay you know uh, um, well in this we see a woman getting robbed yeah and she kind of comes to her rescue but at the same time is also rescues her but then kind of goes up to her and says oh you're pathetic you know yeah yeah this i mean this cat selena kyle isn't in the com isn't in the comics is a pretty together person apart from her kleptomania like she yeah. this selena kyle is bonkers <laughs> she's she's a broken person <laughs> she is yeah she needs a bit of therapy yeah. also she's supernatural like she's essentially brought to life by cats i mean i guess you could argue that she no that she is and she has she has uh, nine lives this metaphor is yeah. very i mean i i kind of i think that is the implication you could kind of maybe say well maybe she didn't die when she was pushed out the window because it broke her fall and then she just went a bit crazy and then <laughs> learned kung fu and <laughs> learned instantly how to do like amazing backflips in the TV show Gotham, Selena Kyle is introduced as somebody who's the same age as Bruce Wayne, and she is a bit of a street rat. Like she's she's young and trying to survive and steals to survive. Yeah, but she is. You know, this is going back a few years. I haven't watched it in a few years, but she's she's not evil. You know, no, no, no. I mean, I don't necessarily think this Catwoman is evil. She's, but. Oh, she's definitely not. She's just, she's been she wronged a lot by people and particular people and has gone a bit mad uh, by being brought back to life by cats. <laughs> she she's is, going to have a secret she is responsible for the Ice Queen being killed. Now, she, there's a line where she said, you said you were going to scare the Ice Queen. Mm. And penguin doesn't give a shit about her she's like oh she looked pretty scared to me but like i don't think selena is losing any sleep over that and that is that's not that's not cool yeah, well yeah i suppose the well she kind of rejects the penguin then and says okay we're going she, in separate ways she, not because of that i mean there's a, a, oh we just to before we talk about that in the department store where she's learning to use her whip that was a in a one, one take. In one take. Well done, Michelle. So for the, we might, I might share this on our, on our. Twitter. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> we need some traffic there, but if you look, there is uh, the scene of her the, the, where she whips the three mannequin heads off. You can see like a behind the scenes version of that, like just that was filmed on. Obviously, it wasn't someone's iPhone, but it wasn't the main screen. And she does it in one take, and then as soon as the cameras say cut. Everyone's her, like, her body language is like totally changes she's, she's all like ah and then the whole crew are like whoa um incredible yeah she did a lot of training for it but like that is impressive one take yeah. it's this the cat it's not her doing the backflips <laughs> <laughs> no no I and mean, even you can see that that stunt double is wearing flats for those scenes yeah, yeah but the costume i think this is the most iconic Catwoman costume that we've ever seen Definitely, on screen yeah. i think the i mean let's not let's not even Apart from this, let's not even mention the Halle Berry monstrosity. That costume was like a Power Ranger costume. It was stupid. The Anne Hathaway... That costume was... Halle Berry is hot, so let's put her in a sexy little black bikini. But it was actually sexless. Like, oh. you have this beautiful woman and you put her in this costume. and it, But it became sexless because it was like a... It just looked stupid. Yeah. It just looked stupid. Anne Hathaway's, to be fair to the the way the character was written. And Hathaway is probably more like the comics that it you're is, describing. It is, like, absolutely. Yeah. But I still felt that Christopher Nolan was like, he didn't want to, I felt like he was like, oh, I don't even think she has a whip in that, does she? 
Um, don't think so, but no. I, there might be something. I can't remember. And Anne Hathaway is slowly growing on me because I've seen her in lots of performances that I'm like, yeah, that was good. That was good. I do not think that she was. I quite that. liked her in the first scene you see her where she's uh, robbing from Bruce Wayne and she sort of she's acting you know all timid and oh sorry and blah 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 and then she just changes her whole demeanor and takes his crutch from under him and i kind of like that i I like that in theory i just for whatever reason i don't buy it from Anne. at the end yeah there's nothing really kind of special about her and there's nothing really kind of I don't know, it's difficult for me, and this maybe this is why Christopher Nolan didn't go down the route of the Penguin and, and other uh, Batman villains we had seen. When you had seen Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, that's what you compare it against. Yeah. And if it's not that, and or, now you compare, Jack Nicholson did a fine job as the Joker, but you compare Heath Ledger to his Joker, you go with Heath Ledger every time. So whoever does Catwoman is going to be compared against Michelle Fiverr's Catwoman. And if it's not a... It can be a totally different interpretation, but it must at least stand up to it or be better. Otherwise, it's crap. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, Joaquin Phoenix... Would that m- stood up? Would stood up. Now, granted, he was the main character and the whole film was about him, but there was less time passed. And Heath Ledger is dead, so there's, there's almost like this sacred element to that performance. <laughs> But it was, but with Heath Ledger's Joker, it was very a very particular interpretation of it. And Joaquin Phoenix, the, well, the story is totally different for one thing. But, but Joaquin Phoenix was equally as disturbing, equally as nuanced, and sufficiently different to Heath Ledger's, totally different to Heath Ledger's, that people didn't feel the need to compare. Yeah, them. yeah, it stood on its own two legs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I, Poor Jared Leto. <laughs> I, I, I actually think Jared Leto gets a hard deal. I actually think his interpretation of Joker is is pretty good. Like I, I, I don't, don't. No, yeah, you don't like it. I don't like it. I feel, I I I feel Heath Ledger did the uh, Jack Nicholson did the the crime boss well. Heath Ledger did the crazy just want to see the world burn well. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix now has done the very disturbed individual with um emotional and psychological problems becoming a bit of a crazed psychopath very well and Jared Leto's somewhere in between there where he's just kind of playing this mob bossy kind of crazy person but who's not really as as defined as well defined as any of those in in fairness every time we've seen Jared Leto's Joker he's like an ancillary Less, character. He's in, like way down. Yeah. Like he's like not even like in the top five characters of that film. Like obviously we've just seen him in the new Snyder Cut Justice League. Spoiler. No, he's in the trailer, so it's all right. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but he's he's like he's got one scene. One scene. Yeah. And in the Suicide Squad, he's not in the Suicide Squad. So I'd say you'd put him down at like. He's in the Suicide Squad. I mean, he's not in this. this he's not in the no, squad. No, he's got two scenes or something. Ah, I think he's at about four or five. But he's not in this. When I when I say he's not, in, he's not in the squad. He's not in the team that do the mission. So he's got these kind of gold teeth as well. I'm just like, oh. I don't mind it. I mean, he's going for like a sexy Joker, which I don't think Joker needs to be sexy. But it's an interpretation, and I'm, 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 I'm willing to. I would like to see a Batman 
film with that Joker as the bad guy before I'm I don't I, I want to see that before I necessarily mm, kind of cast as, it aside. I'm not that excited by it to be honest okay fair enough, fair enough because I think you can see him acting okay yeah. I know what you mean I don't I think the others they, they blend they melt into they, the role they, they, they were real characters uh, to Heath Ledger's detriment probably um, oh, there's the cuckoo. There's cuckoo. Have we? Is there anything else to say about Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman? Only like it is. I mean, there's some there's trivia. A, um, the bird she put in her mouth was a real bird. Okay. Which I oh, actually thought that almost I, makes me want to throw up. I thought about this when I saw it. I was like, I wonder if that's a real bird. And then I was like, Oh God, it'll poop in your mouth and stuff. Um, oh, it's also just really cruel. Well, she probably just put it in, opened her mouth and did that and then let it out. She wasn't there going around with the whole time. They had fake birds. She thought they were too fake looking. She did it with a real bird. <laughs> there you go. She, yeah. Um, the, the cat suit. She had 60 cat suits. 60? 60, apparently. She's not even in 60 scenes. Obviously, there was and, takes, so. Well, you see, I think they kept ripping. Well, um, even towards like you can see them. There's scenes in this where you can see it ripping in front of your eyes. Like when she's on the bed in Penguin's hideout, on her shoulder it's coming apart mm. and stuff. And like obviously, once she falls through the glass house, yeah, 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 she is in tatters then for the whole thing. Um, so they, she had sixty costumes and a thousand dollars each. That they cost apparently. I mean, you think you get a bit a more robust costume for a thousand dollars, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I think people it seems that people are asking her afterwards ooh did you ever take the cat suit home and you know do a sexy dance for your partner she was, no she was like no it was fucking it was incredibly uncomfortable yeah, yeah. yeah it looked awful yeah. like I do there's I think the stitches in the costume which is such a weird choice not just to give her a completely black cat, cat suit they gave it stitches but and it looked it looked brilliant, but I think there's an element of like Frank. I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if it's like a nod to Frankenstein, but the fact that like Catwoman comes back to life, and then she wears these the stitched costume. I don't know if that's a nod to it. What do you think? I think Tim Burton again because a lot of his stuff is nightmarish. Has he uh, likes a stitch? He likes he? a stitch. He does like a stitch. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Like in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Even Edward Scissorhands. Has, Edward Scissorhands. That's yeah. the one I was thinking about. Yeah. I think I think I think it is a bit well because probably because it is Frankenstein. This whole stitching body parts and stitching things but together. The fact that Catwoman comes back to life. Yeah, yeah. I think she, that is she's, a she's, little well, to that. Then I mean, if you if you wanted to if you were doing your leave insert English exam and you were writing a paper on it, you'd probably go into this broken woman who you know died <laughs> who was stitched back together and it's you know these stitches are all that's holding her together yeah, you know, yeah, and all yeah. This kind of stuff. Uh, which well apparently she needed 60 of them so they didn't <laughs> regarding tim burton tim burton's career is it's kind of curious to talk about because he i would say he's probably in the top tier of like in terms of directors who've had who in you know top box office directors of all time like Alice in Wonderland which I had not seen is one of the biggest films of all time and I think when you look at his earlier films it's kind of tragic because his early films what was dynamic and innovative became standard and dull over the course of 20 years not even 20 years I'd say 12 years the the aesthetics of these two Batman films are quite special like there's 
art deco-y and gothic. And then as you get into his later films with like Sleepy Hollow and, and Edward Scissorhands, they, they still have this really uh, urban fairy tale. And then you kind of start to get into the early 2000s with, with um, when he started just constantly working with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, when you get, you know, the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and um, Sweeney Todd. I remember when I saw Sweeney Todd, I was like, oh, I, I've seen this. I've seen these wigs before. I've seen these costumes before. I've seen. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I actually didn't know he did Sweeney Todd. I should have known that. But I, oh God, it's, it's Tim Burton inside out. Um, I think he hasn't. He hasn't probably moved on or evolved. He, there is a there is a definite Tim Burton style, and he kind of sticks to it. Now, having said that, I don't think the I don't think the Charlie Chocolate Factory was that bad. Um, I really liked Sleepy Hollow. I thought that was a great. Sleepy film. Hollow is superb. And, and Ed, I don't actually think that had. I don't actually think that was as Tim Burton y as oh, it could have been. Oh, I disagree. I think that's Tim Burton. Like, I think half the characters are wearing black and white tights in that film and yeah. white makeup. And if you think about Beetlejuice, though, I mean, hmm? if you think about Beetlejuice and the sort of nightmarish Im- imagery, and then the nightmarish imagery you could have with Sleepy Hollow I don't know I just felt he kind of broke out of it a little bit it wasn't as Tim really? Burton as it could have oh, been I, 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 I don't because he has this kind of nightmarish cartoony kind of feel mm-hmm. to his his films yeah uh, and I don't think that was as but prevalent but Johnny Sleepy Depp in that film is like this little like timid hmm, he's got his big cartoon glasses on when he's doing the autopsy and then the blood is almost so red it's yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but that, I, that that's kind of something I've always felt. It wasn't as it it didn't it didn't have the same sort of stamp of Tim Burton as uh, as the other ones did. And I I kind of think there's some kind of really there's some superb Tim Burton films in his early career, like Edward Scissorhands, like Batman Returns, and like Ed. Um, I don't think you'd like this film. Oh God, Ed, oh Ed, uh, Ed Norton, no, not Ed Norton, he's an actor. <laughs> oh my goodness. This not Ed Balls or... <laughs> <laughs> Ed Wood. Uh, I, I feel that... I do something simple like Balls. <laughs> Ed Wood is not, is not a Connor film. Uh, no, I think I turned it off. No, I don't think you'd like that. But there is, a, there is a point of view for that film that I feel exists. Even though there's still the gothicness and there's still the black and white... He just loves black and white stripes. He just loves black and white stripes. But there's there's a point of view with that that I think is quite clever. And another quite fun film of his is Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is... That's kind of a nod to the old 1960s yeah, B-movie. that's kind of it. Again, that's a Tim Burton-y movie, which has a certain Tim Burton-esque... But it's kind of different, because it's much col- more colourful, and it's it's quite different. Yeah. But it has the same sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw something... <laughs> I just saw something... Very interesting on his uh, IMDb. Beetlejuice 2 is coming out. With Michael Keaton? I don't know. He's had a bit of a renaissance over the last... He has. I like Michael Keaton a lot. Yeah, I like him too. I like him a lot. I do think he was a blind Batman. Max Shrek. Let's move on. Hey, Christopher Walken. Hey, Hey, Max Shrek. My cousin Ian does a great... I'm going to push you out the wall. Hey. Um, He does a great... uh, Ian. Christopher Walken, yeah. Oh, okay. He did it at the wedding, uh, Melanie's wedding. I just remember being quite drunk in the smoking area and being like, I can see my cousin Ian, but I can just hear Christopher Walken. I don't um, remember. Yeah, Max Trek is great because he is the he is who Penguin wants to be. 
And I think it was so clever of Tim Burton to be like, no, we we need, you know, like because we have two villains in this in this film. We have Catwoman and we have three. Well, is it we have two classic Batman villains, Catwoman and Penguin, but. Uh, Tim Burton was like, no, we want someone to, to kind of curve against Penguin. So Max is who Penguin wants to be. So I just, yeah, he's great. He's 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 awful. He's he's disgusting. He has absolutely no problem with killing his secretary. I don't know what his plan was for getting away with that. I mean, her body was going to be found on the floor after his office. I mean, it is his office has a broken window in it. I don't. Was she meant to have just fallen, whoa, whoa, fallen out his window? Who knows? Or is he that powerful that... Well, it, it, he, he suggests that it's not the first time he's done it, you know? No. So he's got, there's a method to his madness. He's not a bit worried. Um, he's not even that bothered. He's a bit taken aback when she's still alive. I think, I mean, this is Gotham again. This is crime capital of the world. This is death and murder is a dime a dozen kind of stuff. You know, he probably owns half the police. He's paying them off, all the rest of it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Max Schreck, do you know that name? No. Max Schreck was a German actor. And I'm not, I'm not actually just saying this now because I read up on it for this mm-hmm. This is something Connor's that I research. Knew. Oh, the IMDb page is so full. <laughs> if you want to know your Silver Screamers trivia, it's on a website. Now, I knew this before. Okay. What is it? What is it? He was a German actor, silent movie German actor, who played Nosferatu. Oh, okay. And I think that's where they got the name for... All right, because he has this, like, incredible quaff. Yeah, that is. And it's his, not Nosferatu, kind of, but it's very vampiric. His eyes are like big beady He's eyes. Such a and, peculiar looking yeah. man. He's, and his son in this film, who is handsome, like he's. <laughs> but he only looks like ten years younger. He doesn't. He doesn't look that much younger. Than but he does a Christopher Walken impression. He does a great yes, Christopher Walken yeah. impression. Dad, Dad go get go, out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I could just see it like them saying cut he's like are you doing me <laughs> <laughs> you see how uh, now this is interesting right because with Max Shrek the first <clears throat> spot of bother he gets into is when they're, he's lighting the Christmas tree lights right and all these <laughs> and he's the smoothest I just wish I could do more I, yeah. than turn a few Christmas lights on it's like, you, I wish nothing. I could bring peace to the world um, so sue me if I want to give a little bit back. Yeah. That, that's I'm just another, a, I'm, I'm doing the Godfather. I'm, I can't do impressions. I'm just a schmuck that got lucky. I wish I could bring. What was it? What does he say? So sue me if I want to give. So a bit sue back. me if I want to give something back. Yeah, you're a better Christopher Walken than me. Is uh, so these these clown people come out and start wrecking the place. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Which the penguin, <laughs> I don't know, owns. And <laughs> this, the big this big present, I guess, has like human cannons in it yeah and like fires them into the christmas tree okay no the people i know it fires oh, yeah. people into yeah. the christmas tree and then after they've landed on the ground they're meant to i don't know so his son goes dad get out of here save dad, yourself get out of here save yourself <laughs> And uh, and he and he kind of yeah well this is the thing he looks and then he does it and he gets out of there, 
But, and then you're kind of like, oh, he's he's not a nice person because he left his son there and he's more, you know, he's, he's he only cares about himself. But later on in the movie, Penguin is taking all the firstborn yeah. to Gotham and goes to take Max's son to kill him. And Max is like, no, take me. It's me you want. It's me you want. <laughs> Leave my son alone, please, if you have a heart. I don't. Oh, I am getting into the crystal. I don't. So I won't. Yeah. Yeah, I got a point. So he, he saves his son. I mean, I think there's a... He's definitely evil, but like, he has a legacy. And he recognizes that that will probably be, you know... And he does say during it, this is my leg- This is for my son. I'm doing Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'd love to know if there's a Mrs. Shrek. Or had, would, Mrs. Shrek. Is she in the bottom of some lake? Her name's lake? Fiona. <laughs> or is she in the bottom of some lake somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's anyway. a superb villain. I mean, he's Brilliant. he even look like even his look is iconic with his coiffed hair and his leather gloves. Like he, it is incredible that Christopher Walken was given a new character and can stand shoulder to shoulder with Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito's villains. I, I mean, least, poor I mean, Michael Keaton. Yeah. The three of them are more. Poor Michael Keaton with his eleven million dollars. Well, uh, well, he his legacy is Batman. The, the, he is the fourth most interesting character in this film, after <laughs> Selina, Oswald, and Max. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there is so much going on in this movie, Incredible. and this is why you, I won't say struggled, but were a bit frantic at the end of the two forty. I thought it did quite well. You did do quite well, Pink. Yeah, it's a it's like a, they're and. They're, they're all these three villains are so well defined so full fully rounded characters have backstory and have history they have, all intertwine with each other like, like selena has her yeah. relationship with max that is totally separate to her relationship with penguin which is totally separate to penguin's relationship with max yes yeah and they <laughs> this all film could have happened without batman they would have just imploded each other yeah, I mean, I suppose Selena and uh, Batman have their date. And, Thank God uh, for that. <laughs> yeah, I give them something to do in front of that stupidly enormous and very dangerous fireplace. <laughs> and he fucking just leaves her. He just... Uh, can you imagine going on... I know it, it was convenient. I don't have to imagine. <laughs> I know it was convenient for her because she wanted to go. But can you imagine going to this rich guy's apartment... House. Apartment. apartment. House. And like having this date, and you'd obviously be a bit. First of all, who never bring a first date to your house? Okay, go then to they a know re- where you live. Go to a restaurant or something. What? Then they know where you live. Well, it's also just a little bit like, no, I'm not. If someone asks you to their house for their first date, you know that they're, you know what they're looking for. I wouldn't have somebody on a first date to my house because they know where I live, and I've been on a few dates with some interesting people, and I wouldn't. Well, okay, they, he had met Selena before. He had met Selena yeah. before, so it's not like that. But like, even still. Anyway, book a, book a restaurant somewhere. Anyway, it doesn't, yeah. matter, it doesn't matter. Just runs out of there, doesn't tell her he's going, and then just gets Alfred to, to give her an excuse. Can you... Now, it it worked out because she wanted an excuse, but like... And he doesn't even phone her. He's just like, oh, I'll turn up to this party because I guess she'll probably be there. But he never actually phones her the next day to be like, oh, I'm really sorry that I had yeah, to go. Yeah, and he doesn't phone her to say, are you going? Alfred says, oh, I heard Selena's going to be there. And she's like, oh, right, I will go. How beautiful does Michelle oh, Pfeiffer look stop I mean throughout the whole film but on that at that dance um, and like Selena and him and Bruce are the only ones not in costume which is kind of cool they're like I didn't dress up I just wore like a fucking awesome tux and <laughs> it's like you saying the other dress. day I'm too sexy for my shirt <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was good I thought they play so they have their little fight on the rooftop and yeah. they, they say they're 
uh, mistletoe and a kiss is more deadly than yeah. blah 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 whatever I thought they both played it excellently when they realise they are you know who, who each other are they don't kind of overact they don't no. do anything they're just like okay let's go it's also, let's, what let's a, talk about this it was a lovely way of figuring it out it was mm. subtle and with most superhero films you're often saying how could you not know yeah, yeah, yeah. but because the two of them are such good actors the w- her voice is totally different as Catwoman. It's real feline-y. It, yeah, yeah. It's deep. It's a, like an octave deeper. And the bah, way she bah. holds herself is different. Because she actually plays three roles. She plays the before Selena. Yeah, she yeah, plays yeah. the after Selena. And then she plays the Catwoman. And then and then, and his his Bruce Wayne is a little bit nervy and a little bit fidgety. And his Batman is very serious. Mm. And he holds himself differently as well. So you can absolutely believe that they wouldn't suss out their alter egos until that moment. I mean, I think his costume only shows his lips. So, I mean, it's it's fair enough that you might not realise that it, who it was. But even and I, t- and I think hers as well kind of covers enough for her face. That you, you know. Yeah, okay. Today I phoned, uh, for work, I phoned a person that, that I that I would deal with that I haven't spoken to in like over a year and he said oh Paul I recognise your voice there. oh yeah but he does change his voice but yeah but it's not just it's, 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 like, and, his, and his you know he does, he I know yeah voice, so yeah. I think that's I think that's awesome and yeah. Cool. yeah I tell I told you I didn't have a thesis statement but it, it just came to me <laughs> I was saying I said to Paul Kieran will be very annoyed now if you don't have really one of our one of our <laughs> Top listeners who we have to have on at some point wrote to me the other day and said, "Oh, it's Batman Returns." Wrote to you like he wrote, wrote to me. He wrote. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote a, a letter. He penned a letter. Yeah. He texted. Uh, he he WhatsApp me and he said, uh, "Can't wait to hear Paul's thesis." Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, this I so wasn't planning just on... for you, Kieran. Paul has made something up on the spur of the moment just for you. Here it is. Okay, Boom. okay. so here is my. Okay, this is my no my, my my opinion on the philosophy of Batman. Okay, okay. So this is nothing new. This has been said time and time again, but I think it's been said so often that people rebuke it, and I think I think the rebuke is all bullshit. Okay, and I think you can perfectly enjoy Batman and accept this. Okay, so I think Batman is a terrible, terrible human being when you break it down and look at it you know take a step back and look at it okay he is an incredibly wealthy man yes okay incredibly wealthy he is spending millions on military tech that like you know on on, on all this stuff and he is <laughs> he's using his funds to essentially beat up minions of of, of mob bosses now you you could argue you know, there is this this gets if you go onto Twitter and say this, people fanboys will be like, "You obviously don't read the comics." I've read the comics for most of my life. I get, I get it. Every half of the comics keep saying, "Oh, the Wayne Foundation gives money to small businesses." Oh, Bruce Wayne funds millions of charities. Oh, Gotham is so corrupt that, and you have that in this film with with Max Shrek. He's incredibly corrupt. If you just give money into corporations, it'll just be absorbed by corruption so 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 batman has no choice connor he has no choice but to dress up as a bat and punch a lot of mentally ill people and i'm sorry but like that i don't buy that like i i don't care for i want to state this i don't care i enjoy reading batman comics and 
it's fine but I'm just talking about this academically and I think it's fun to talk about these things academically in the the character of Bruce Wayne if you're going to take this at face value he enjoys dressing up in leather as his favourite animal that frightened him as a kid and now he finds that's a little bit edgy because bats frightened him as a child and and, you know and and he his his parents were murdered by a low level criminal it wasn't the Joker it wasn't the Penguin the first Batman it was the Joker but yeah go on that's true that is true but at the time the joker was a low-level criminal yeah so it wasn't it was it was was, they were killed by someone like in who was effectively meaningless he he can he can tell himself all he wants that he's trying his best to do it at a at a you know on a big level to to create jobs and stuff for people got them he enjoys punching a lot of people who have mental health issues in the face (laughs) if in this film if you take it at face value these are people who are I think they kind of hint that Penguin was brought to some sort of freak show. Is that right? And that's, like, he ended up in a freak, because, you know, when he's researching and Alfred gives him the soup and he says, oh, she swells. Yeah. yeah. And he's looking at these files of people and he says, oh, there's a Penguin man at this freak show. And it, it, yeah. it's very, it's very, do you know the research that Bruce is doing yeah. for that scene? He, he finds some information that there might have been some sort of penguin man discover- that, that was part of a, a traveling circus right. group or something. And, and Alfred then says, I suppose that makes you feel better. And he says, no, it makes me feel worse. Mm. So I think the implication is that Penguin was part of a traveling freak show. And these, all these people in this traveling circus became... His minions. Minions and became criminals. But what kind of life did these people have? Yeah, again, I'm t- talking about his academically. I don't, I don't think if you like Batman, like you're a bad person. Yes, all the all these all these circus people all around the world have to resort to kidnapping children. And well, stuff. essentially, like you have Penguin, who is a you know a disfigured person who whose disfigurement was the uh, the primary reason why his parents abandoned him, and he had incredibly he was denied a life, the life you know that he felt he was owed, and and all his minions were probably went through similar things, and then you have. Batman, who's this super rich asshole who like uses his money for like weapons to like force his own opinion of justice, which is vigilantism, which is illegal, but for what because of his power and because of his wealth, the Gotham police are just like, well, it's fine, it's fine. Well, yeah, I think like I know you're coming from, but you're also coming with that point of view from a society which you know, the police are not corrupt and there's not a load of gangs and there's not a load of, um, you know, whatever. If you think about the society that Gotham is portrayed as, which is a huge amount of crime, huge amount of murder, gangs and mob bosses and whatever else all over the place running the city, the police can't be trusted because they are bought yeah, off. Yeah. The politicians can't be trusted because they're bought off. Uh, Jim Gordon is the only person that he can yeah, trust. Yeah, he's the only clean cop. That's the, the, um, the standard that we're So when you're... And when you when you are very wealthy, I suppose, and you're, you're putting... You have all these charitable trusts and you know that money is probably somehow funding crime and and whatever so like even doing all these charitable things you're still probably part of the problem and the only then you you know but you want to fight back and you want to sort of scare these mob bosses and nasty people 
a way to try and well first of all scare the cops into not taking their money so they actually do their job scare them away so they stop you know running the city and almost scare people as a last resort out of crime because they know there's a Batman out there who'll get them. <laughs> it's it's desperation almost and it's last resort stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get all that, but apart... I just, also, just call Superman. He'll be over in a flash. And he'll well, just there go, you boom, go. There you go. Yeah. I suppose I just... There's, there's no part of me that doesn't believe that if you take this at face value, that man in, enjoys... He does, yeah, and he enjoys, I suppose he he's... He enjoys he's, Well, I mean, but the, the other thing is, he's a product of that society himself. He grew up there. He was, he, he was a, a victim of a horrible crime. And while most of the people in Gotham uh, are either victims or they're part of the, these gangs and part of the crime... He was in a new, unique position where he was a victim, but had the resources to to try and change things, you know. But 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 became a bit mentally unstable himself because of this. Yeah, I, th- I, I think if you if you accept Batman at face value, you have to accept that he is mentally unstable. Yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, if we're talking about this film, he, Robin is involved, but in future iterations of this, he he gets children involved in his vigilantism. Like Robin is a child. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's my thesis. thesis made statement. up on the spot thesis statement just for you, Karen. statement. Anything else? Um, I just. I think the music for this film is, is, is stunning as the well. Music, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. We ob- the the we inherited the Batman theme from the first film, but we have this lovely slinky Selena Kyle stringy instrumental. Like when any, whenever Selena is in costume. You know, when she's like yeah. slinking up or when she approaches uh, Max and Bruce at the meeting and she comes and she's like, she's like walking in and suddenly she's a sexy secretary. <laughs> I don't need my spectacles anymore, my boys, <laughs> because now I'm sexy. Okay, no, yeah. question for you. Mm-hmm. Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Christopher Nolan, Batman. Ben Affleck, Batman. Who's your Batman? This one. This, this one. This is the best Batman film that exists. Okay, so who is your favourite Batman? Adam West, put him in there. Ooh. I think my favourite Batman is Ben Affleck. I was, when I heard Ben Affleck, I was like... Fuck off. No, I, I think it works. I From day and one, I always thought it worked. I will hold my hands up and say that I was wrong. I thought he did a very good job. I think Ben Affleck could be easily... I don't think... I think Michael Keaton is perfectly uh, competent and fine. Perfectly bland. Perfectly fine. But I think you could slot Ben Affleck into this and it, I think it would it would work. I, I would be... I just... I think it's just like a nudge bit better 
and I yeah I just he has more charisma on on, on screen presence mm, I think I just mm, and I is a more interesting Batman yeah I just he t- he is more the depiction of Bruce Wayne that is in the comics I suppose so that's where I'm coming from he's he's handsome I don't think Michael Keaton is overly handsome really yeah I don't really care about it I mean I don't really find Christian Bale handsome either but I don't know, think I don't... so but I can understand that like he is more of a handsome dude than. Michael Keaton is just he could be working in Starbucks no offence to Starbucks yeah but I don't really I don't really I mean I think I think Bruce Wayne should be sexy really yeah mm. he's a playboy well he's a playboy because he's a billionaire it doesn't uh, necessarily he, mean he's, uh, he like, has to be come on, as well. Cozzlepot was never uh, was <laughs> never, never going to be a playboy I mean Awkward, no, he's meant black little blot no he's meant to be a bit sexy Batman definitely come on he's wearing leather and flirting with Catwoman I don't know. I never. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought. Like, it wouldn't have crossed my mind when I was saying who's my favorite Batman. Well, is he sexy or not as Bruce Wayne? Because that's a key component. No. Um. Okay. Okay. Who's and yours is Ben Affleck too. Uh. Yeah. Um, I don't think Val Kilmer did a bad job. Actually, uh, Bob Kane. Oh, I hope I get that right. I think Bob Kane is the creator of Batman. I'm gonna go with it. He said Val Kilmer was the closest representation to his interpretation of, of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I actually, when I remember Batman Forever, I actually didn't, li- I thought Batman Forever was quite good. No, I don't like it. George Clooney? Jim Carrey was good as the, as... Yeah, no, I wasn't Carrey. Yeah, he was just Jim Carrey. George Clooney appar- turned up to set, read the script, went home, collected his paycheck. Yeah. Dreadful. Awful. No respect for Batman. Like, he had absolutely no respect for the character of Bruce Wayne. He probably didn't care. He probably he, didn't he, do any research or anything. He clearly didn't care. He just said, I'll just say these lines he and I'll look at He was like collecting a paycheck. It was almost verging on insulting to... I even think more than... Because I feel like even Joel Schumacher, I, I think Batman and Robin is a pretty bad film. But That's Joel Schumacher, film. I think he was trying to push it in a kind of campy Adam West theme. I so, think he was trying to take the Tim Burton and the Adam West and make his own thing. Yeah, and it, it didn't work. But I, I don't believe that Tim Burton just phoned in that film. I think there was a point of view. I do believe George Clooney phoned in that film. Oh, definitely. Like, even Uma Thurman in that film is as camp as Christmas and is like a panto dame. But she's she's working. She is... And even Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I don't think is a good... Does a freeze Nobody coming? is good in that film. But everyone is at least is trying, mm. apart from George Clooney, who just doesn't want to be there and that's verging on slightly offensive i think well he's he's read the script probably and said oh geez really and he's like okay i'll do it well everyone else read the same script but he could have at least like leaned but george into, I clooney know, i suppose was a bigger name the george clooney well, in then wasn't a bigger name certainly wasn't a bigger name than arnold schwarzenegger well, arnold schwarzenegger does crap movies uh, a lot and he's just I, arnold schwarzenegger i don't know Unish Thurman was in just off pulp fiction like no i don't think that's fair to say alicia silverstone is just off clueless like no i don't think that's fair to say like that was the beginning of the george uh, clooney no fair enough anyway look let's 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 wrap this baby up <laughs> okay so we have to put out our list where are we going to okay, put our list just, by the way, this does not pass the Bechdel test. Just, uh, and I don't oh, think we shocking. have any character in it that is not white. Am I right in saying that? No character of significance. Anyway. No. Well, so, actually, just just to mention it, one of uh, our favorite scenes when we watched this was where Selena Kyle tasers the. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was so. Fun. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, uh, uh, Connor, I'm going to put this super high. I'm not even going to scroll down there because it's definitely in the top twelve. I'm going to put it under Iron Man. 
Oh gosh, no, I'm going to put higher than that. Under Iron Man. I think I enjoyed Iron Man a bit more. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to put it under Hocus Pocus. Under Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Mm, or above Wonder Woman. Okay, so that's uh, five. So after Oliver. Yeah. Do you think it's better than Wonder Woman? Yeah. Really? I think. I think Bruce Wayne versus Diana. Diana wins across the board, but I think uh, the Selena. Oswald, Max, the music. No, actually, the music in Wonder Woman is spectacular. spectacular. I think there's a better. Do you know that way? Wonder Woman and Iron Man. We said, to be honest, the the plots for these films are superfluous because it's all about Wonder Woman and Tony. I think this film is actually all about Selena and Penguin, and maybe a bit Max. Yeah, I would say to a degree they shoved so much in. It maybe is a bit convoluted. Much, yeah, but okay. I'd be happy to put it under Wonder Woman then. I think I would probably put it under Wonder Woman. Okay, so that so then that would be six. That would be above Fiddler. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That. Okay. So uh, Batman returns a very very respectable six between Wonder Woman and Fiddler. So Wonder Woman is still our number one superhero, and mm. I, I think that's kind of cool. Go her. Go her. So next film. Next film. I found this really hard, Con. I kind of had this in my head, so I, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, go on, you tell me. Uh, I'm going to go with Superman 2. Superman 2, okay. Which is from 1980, which is the one with Zod. Right, okay. Yeah. I I didn't want to pick a Superman film. I didn't want to either, but then I got a bit lazy. Go on. Right, I, I, the obvious ones for this were the Superman films, because they're the only ones that are before 1990s. Uh, or Supergirl, I was thinking. but And then I was looking at some kind of like obscure superhero films like the swamp thing which is in the 80s okay uh and flash gordon which isn't like your typical superhero but i think it's it doesn't have to be marvel or dc no yeah. it doesn't but then i was like do you know what we are in 2021 we are in a new decade has there been any superhero films in the last year and a half that we could do so i did my research and uh, <laughs> okay. I, then a few things I was like will I do the Harley Quinn film and I was like no I wanted to do a team film because I thought we'd done we'd done three solo films okay. and I wanted to do a superhero team because I think superhero team films are like a whole new bag right. and then I was like well the new Justice League the okay Snyder. just tell us your films no I'm getting go back on, go hang on. on I'm just getting there and getting there <laughs> then I was like the Snyder Cut and then I had a sandwich and a cup of tea and then no it'll be smart then I thought the Snyder Cut has just been released, but then I was like, well, that was actually made a few years ago, I don't know. and we just watched it, uh, which we liked, by the way. It was very good. Very yes. good. Okay. And also, Batman and Wonder Woman are in it. We've done both of them. Yeah. We don't need to do them again. And then I was like, oh, I wish there was an X-Men film released, because I'm really going through an X-Men phase at the moment, and X- Batman and X-Men are my two superhero and Wonder Woman are my superhero films. So I was like, and then I discovered that there was a film release last year that almost went completely under the radar called Mutant X. No, not Mutant X. New Mutants. New, Mut- New okay. Mutants. Okay, I thought that was a TV show, actually. Yeah, no, but yeah, so, I've heard of it. Uh, I'll be very quick. So the X-Men comics in the 70s and 80s was like super popular that the creators were told, create some another comic. Cre- so they, create some New Mutants. New Mutants. New Mutants, exactly. So they did, and uh, and it was really popular. And then at, towards the end of Fox's run, they, they started making this film, 
and it was just as Fox kind of got bought by Disney. So Disney owned, by the time it was ready for release, Disney owned it and Disney weren't really bothered about it because I think at this stage, Disney were like, well, we're going to re- Push Marvel. Re- we're going to rebrand X-Men in a few years. So the film did get a cinematic release, but it was like opposite Tenant and it was opposite all these other films. So it didn't do well. But um, Arya Stark is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and a few other films. And, uh, and, it, it, and it's branded as a superhero film with a horror edge. So it's meant to be like a scary film. Okay. So that's my pick is New Mutants. From 2020. From 2020. And if we don't, if it doesn't get picked, I've just wasted a good five minutes of <laughs> shite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can edit that shit out. Okay, uh, so... Uh, actually, I'm kind of... I'm, yeah, my mine was kind of predictable, so I'm kind of hoping for yours, to be honest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, so I'm picking heads. I'm picking tails, I guess. Hey! Oh, new mutants! We get to this on X Men site. This is our. Is this this is going to be our final? This is our final of superheroes. Now we will have plenty of opportunities to go come back to this kind of genre, but is this only our second of twenty twenties? Yes, we've done the witches, and then this is the second. Oh, yes, okay, the Roaring Twenties. So we're actually, yep. uh, despite the start of the the new Twenties being consumed by pandemic, we are actually getting some movies out of it. Yeah, yes, and then that's cool. Yeah. That's good. Um, Connor and I are going to do a special episode of Silver Screamers. Uh, yes, tune I think in. We'll probably record our New Mutants episode, and then it'll be after that. But we want to do yeah. it before the twenty fifth of April, which is Oscar night. Where myself and Connor and our dear friend and friend of the podcast Ashwin are going to tell you, no, we're, not, we're going to host an award ceremony. Yes, we're going to have our Screamies, the first annual Screamies award. Yeah. So Connor, <laughs> Connor is going to have uh, his nominees and winners. I will have my nominees and winners, and Ashwin will have his of uh, the films that have been released. So, uh, of 2020 up to now basically basically every film we've seen since Oscars and luckily Paul has been keeping a record because I can't remember <laughs> yes I think the our planning of this has been kind of typical of, of, of me and you of our relationship insofar as when we decided to do this around Oscar season last year didn't we yeah, yeah so I think for the first few films that we saw after the Oscars I think for the first three Connor said to our Alexa Alexa put this in our film list and said the film uh, well, I created an Excel file, <laughs> uh, and I created best actor, best best actress, and I have uh, all of our films listed there. So I know exactly what my nominees are. But I kind of have to do a bit of work. Oh, you have to send me that Excel file. Well, I don't want to tell you my nominees. No, just send me the list. I'll send you the list of films. Yeah, yeah. but I, re- I I know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to be like one of my nominees is for this film here, and kind of be like. Ah, which one? What's that film? And I'll, I'll be like, that film with, with the man kills the, the thing, girl. With the thing, with the yolk. She has the apple in her hand and she oh, throws yeah. it at him. And I'm kind of like, was that good? And, I, and I'll be like, yeah, you really liked it. Do you remember you, like, remember you cried at that bit? And you'll be like, oh yeah. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be the episode. The little preview. Anyway, look. Uh, New Mutants. Great. Why are we listening to God? <laughs> so, you've been listening to Silver Screamers and don't forget that you can email us silverscreamers at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at silverscreamers you can follow us on facebook silverscreamers podcast instagram silverscreamers podcast you can go to our website www.silver-screamers.com and you can catch us on itunes spotify soundcloud and the apple podcast app on your apple device like us subscribe to us tweet us 
review us, keep it all nice and friendly, and that's about that. See you guys. Thanks. Bye.